Amen. Would you stand with me as I start us out with an opening scripture here from Ephesians chapter 1. Let's keep the energy of praise going. This flows from the Holy Spirit, from the Word of God himself. Look what it says. Paul writes, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Let's give him praise for that blessing. Yeah. So before you are seated, we're not only blessed in the heavenly realms through Christ, but we're blessed right here in 2022 in Greenville, Illinois, wherever we live, wherever we go, by the blessings of God in us. He, he has blessed us. And before we move on, I want to celebrate this new concept we're going to do at least monthly, this concept of giving high fives and high praise to God. And we're going to just list five different things that's happened from last Sunday until now that we're going to praise God for. And and if you want to give somebody a high five after it and and glory to God, do that. Here's number five. Last Sunday, uh, Ben Harris and the youth did an amazing job leading us to give God glory. Let's give God glory for that. Great job, Ben. He did. It was great. Uh, number four is, if you got a taste of it this morning, but it went on for an hour and a half on Friday night, Ben Allen led us in an amazing time of worship. Let's give God glory for that. That was great. Amen. Number three, I don't have the greatest picture for. I caught it yesterday during a packing event. But this is this idea that our young adult, the next generation, is serving now um, in like uh, high school age all the way up to 30-somethings. I believe they're alive and active in our church, the best I've ever seen since I've been here in Greenville, and I want to celebrate that we have young people serving the Lord now in Sunday school, in in children's church, at packing events and worship, on the weekdays and weeknights in our community. Let's give God glory for these young servants. Number two, oh, by the way, if you're a young adult, like 18 to like 30, you know, in in your late late 20s, uh, tomorrow night from 6.30, there's a, they have a small group that meets right over here in the youth area, so you're welcome to join us there. Number two was the IDES food packing event. Yesterday, we packed 60,687 meals that are going to Ukraine, even now. Uh, they're uh, in Indianapolis, even as I speak, and they're getting ready to go to Ukraine this next couple weeks to feed thousands of people that are hungry and cold in Ukraine. We need to be praying for them. But I thank God for the community that came together to pack those meals. Let's give God glory for that. And this always, you can debate the order, but here's the number one high five of this last week. We witnessed last Sunday Lily Bohannon accepting Christ as her Lord and Savior publicly, uh, being immersed with him in baptism, and having her sins washed away, being raised to a new life in Christ, sharing in his death and his resurrection. And Doug, her father, was able to do that. Let's praise God for that. Yeah. You may be seated. Please have a seat. We start this new series today, Blessed to be a Blessing. And I pray you see it. I pray that you feel it. I pray that you know it is for you. That God has blessed us to be a blessing every person. The question is, do you understand it? Do you receive it? I don't know how you'll hear those words. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have been trusting in him as your Lord and Savior, that blessing is for you today. It's for you. It's it's for you. If you're here today trusting in Jesus, it is for you. Yesterday I was talking to one of my friends um, who loves food packing, and he was so pumped up. I mean, he was uh, just amped up, amped up. We were packing these meals. He came in early and talked to a guy, and it was one of these Christians like, 
everything's bad. I don't even know why I'm here. And he came and told me, he said, man, I talked to this guy, and he let me know the conversation was about two minutes long of just the glass half empty, or the glass was no one of drop in it. And, and then I said, well, how'd the conversation end? And he asked the person, he says, are you a believer in Christ? He said, yeah. Is he your Lord and Savior? He said, that is good news. There's something to be excited about. And, and he said, we need to be praying about this guy. And I would agree. But you may be here today as a believer and you feel like everything's wrong. Like there is no blessing. And you need to be reminded today you've been blessed to be a blessing. You have been grafted into what we're going to see in Genesis chapter 12 when God tells Abram, I'm going to bless you in such a way you're a blessing to all people, all families that are to come after you. You need to be reminded of that if you're a believer. You may be saying, well, Tyson, what about me? I do not trust Jesus, and I'm going to be honest about that. You know, Tyson, uh, I don't really know if Jesus is real. I, I certainly haven't trusted him for my salvation. He is not my Lord. Does anything you're going to say uh, pertain to me at all today then? And my answer would be no, honest, in all honesty. Until you accept Jesus, this blessing is not for you. But here's the good news. In just a moment when your heart becomes alive to Christ and you realize he died for your sins and arose from the grave, in that moment you begin to trust him. That blessing is for you. So you don't have to leave here today apart from that. But until you trust him, uh, it's not really a part of you yet. With all that said, I believe God is calling each of us to be renewed in receiving this blessing. This started in Genesis chapter 12. If you have your Bible around you, turn to Genesis 12. It's on page 8. Um, this is the text we've been reading uh, for today. We're in chapters 11 and 12 as a church family. We're reading two chapters of Genesis each day. Um, and I would encourage you to join with us. Genesis is full of God's character and the reasons he should be worshipped. It's an amazing book of the Bible telling us God's plan of salvation that's coming through his, his family. But in Genesis chapter 12, starting... In verse 2, we see this promise to Abram. The same guy you know as Abraham, but he's not Abraham yet. He's, now, he's still Abram here. He says this. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And you in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I want to give you a foreshadowing of this. We are right there at the end. We are part of that all the families of the earth to come will be blessed through Abram and the blessing he's promising. What a promise. I believe this promise came to Abraham in a day maybe like you. You didn't really expect it. From all indications, Abram was just living his life. He didn't really see any big changes coming. He's already 75 years old by now. He doesn't even have a kid. And God's about ready to tell him he's going to be a blessing to everyone through his, through his offspring. It shocked Abram. It didn't seem to be possible. Maybe you're a lot like Abram today. You've come here not really expecting anything to change. I mean, you, you got an hour extra of sleep, so you thought you'd come to church with your friend, maybe your grandma, maybe your college roommate. You're like, okay, I'm here. Not really expecting anything. I want you to know, uh, not through the voice of God literally, but through his word and me speaking to you and you listening, you can hear today the blessing is open for you. Maybe you need to be reminded. Maybe you're like Lily and you, you were... You gave your life to Christ 30, 40, 50 years ago. You need to be reminded that God wants to bless you. But that's not what naturally happens based on the world. If you look at Genesis, what we've been reading, 
chapters 1 through 11, we see that what naturally happens is people fall away from God. We see it in the fall, the original fall, where Adam and Eve give in to temptation. We see it in the Tower of Babel. We see it in Cain and Abel. The natural inclination for us is to back away and ruin relationships. But God here in Genesis 12 is pursuing Abram. So God, God says to him, I want to bless you. I want to work through you to bless everyone in the human race. And over the course of thousands of years, that perfect completion of blessing is made fulfilled through Jesus, dying on the cross and resurrecting from the dead. But the blessing started with communication to Abram, and his name was even changed. Abram's kind of a big deal. He's one of the guys that God did change his name, but about 30% of Genesis is about Abram and his story. His name is mentioned 300 times in the Old Testament and New Testament combined. He's kind of a big deal, and we're going to look at his life today and see how it applies to ours. In the beginning of the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, we see Matthew connecting us to look at Jesus. But to get the Jewish people to see it early, he says this. Look what it says. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the greatest king, and the son of Abraham, who is Abram. Matthew is stressing the importance of Jesus by first saying, hey, this is the guy that came after Abram from the promise. This is the guy that came after King David that was prophesied. We need to pay attention to this because this is God's plan to bless everyone. Let me give you a little bit more background about this guy named Abram, whose name was changed to Abraham, who is also called the, the father of God's people. He's also called a friend of God in James. But when we pick up a story in Genesis chapter 12, he's already 75 years old. What's interesting about this, at my age, I find this to be a blessing. That's middle age in the Old Testament. You praise God for that, right? Middle age, 75. Amen. It, it's, it, he is, to this point, growing. Not a family, because him and Sarah still don't have a child, but he's growing in his influence, and in his wealth. He's got a lot of resources. He's got family. He's living in the city called Earl of, Ur of Chaldeans. And he is uh, probably an idol worshiper because that's what people did in that city. It was a big city. They, they were not really connected with God. And at this point in time, I don't think he was really looking to be connected with God. He was just living his life. There was no indication that Abram was desiring a relationship with God. But on this day, God pursued him. Even though he wasn't looking for things, God showed up and said, I want to bless you. That's what God is doing in your life today, I pray, that he is showing him, saying, I want to bless you. Despite how you feel, despite how you've been hurt, despite what the world would tell you, that God really doesn't want anything to do with you, God is screaming to you through this text and through my voice, I love you and I want to bless you today. Not just so you'll be comfortable, but that you will be a blessing to others like Abraham has been a blessing. Know this, God wants to bless you. You may have never heard that before. In churches like this, when I was growing up, there's a lot of times I knew God loved me, but if I was going to ever amount to anything or if I was ever going to receive anything from God, I almost had to earn it. That was kind of the, the message behind the message. Here's the message of Abram today. While we are called to trust him and obey and all this, God's initial message is he loves you and wants to bless you, period. That's good news. 
You may have walked in here today and that's not how you feel. I really love that one song we sang. Don't go by how we feel, go by what's true. Well, here's what's true. No matter how you feel, God loves you and wants to bless you. You may have come in here today hurt, heartbroken, and honestly about ready to lose all hope. You've recently found out some terrible news from a doctor's report, or, or maybe you've lost a job or an investment. I don't know, by the way, don't check your stock uh, investment portfolios, okay? It's not looking good. You may have wondered what you're going to do with your transition life from high school or college or after the job that you just lost, and you can't really find any real direction. Some of you have lost loved ones, and you feel alone. In the midst of all that heartache, God is shouting this truth, I am for you. I'm for you. He's, he's going to scream this today. I'm for you. I love you. I want to bless you. God is on the side of truth uh, apart from how we feel. And he's saying, uh, I want to come alongside you to be a blessing so you'll be a blessing to others. That was the promise to Abram. It's a promise to us. Now, time out. You may be thinking, Tyson, you sound a lot like the preachers on TV, health and wealth, that only thing God wants to do is let us be blessed and be comfortable and, and achieve high value in life. But, but that is not just Old Testament, and it's not what we're going for. Here's the truth. Look at Galatians chapter 3 from the New Testament. Not from what I want, but just truth. Look what it says. Understand that those who have faith are children of Abraham. He's talking about those who have faith in Christ have now are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. So the text we just read is really the gospel. He was sending Jesus to be a blessing to everyone. We have, through faith, been brought into Abram's family. That all nations would be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. That means each of us here today who have been placed our faith in Jesus for our salvation have become heirs to the kingdom of God in the blessing of Abram. Abraham's blessing is also our blessing. Now, I don't know what you're going to inherit someday. For many of us, it may not be much. For my boys, prepare, it may not be anything, okay? They're in the room, they're like, great. But if you're a son and daughter of God, you're an heir uh, with Christ. That's amazing. I pray that you're blessed financially. I pray that you can pass on uh, resources to your children, grandchildren. But what we can all stand on is this. We are heirs with Abraham to the blessing that we will be a blessing. I believe God is calling all of us today to be reminded and receive for the first time this blessing. So let's look at Abram's life and see how he uh, soaked it up. First of this, it's just true. The first thing we got to do is realize that God calls us to trust him. Some of you will never get past uh, this story and this truth for your life because you're like, this is not for me. I, I can't trust this. I've got to earn what I want. I've got to earn what I need. And while we will obey and we will be faithful, God says, I want to bless you because you're my kid. But do you trust him to do what he says? Look back to the text. Here, here was the call to Abram before the, before the blessing in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. Man, that's a call. Talk about a life change. He, he was in this city not really wanting anything to change too much. He maybe wanted a son, but really no other big advancement in his life. He's 75 years old. 
He's just looking to kind of probably play it safe. And he says, God calls him. He said, leave your country, leave your people, and leave your father's house. And that's a big ask. Before he says there's a blessing, he said, Abram, I want you to do this. Leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's house. God is saying, trust me. Trust me. And I will show you a blessing like you've never seen before. I I will show you a blessing that you'll be a blessing to all people. But do you trust me? What would you do? If God would come to you in, in some type of awareness, maybe it's in a literal voice. Maybe it's in uh, some big sign. He would say, I want you to leave your nation. I want you to leave your friends, and I want you to leave your family. I've got something better than you can ever imagine. What, what would you do? Would you leave what's comfortable to claim the blessing God's calling you to? I believe God's calling all of you right now, and he may never appear to you. He's never appeared to me in physical form. I've never heard his voice out loud But he does call each of us. And I think what he's calling us to do is the same thing he's calling Abram. Trust me. Trust me to take one step at a time to know that my way is better than yours. My will is greater than your greatest work. Trust me to really bless you. And as you trust me, you will be blessed. And while he may not be leading you to another country or to leave your family, he is calling you to trust him. For some, he's calling you to stop watching online or listening on the radio and get back into a relationship with God's church, his family. For some, he's calling you to not just come to church and and play it safe on Sunday morning for an hour, but but really commit to making Jesus the Lord of your life and and giving your life to him and being made new and and saying, Lord, I'm going to be faithful to you no matter what. For some of you, he's, he's calling you to step out of your comfort zone and become an elder or ministry team leader, or a Sunday school teacher, or, or get in the choir. There's more room. We'll bring another set of risers. For some, he's calling you to pray for your neighbor and to be a good neighbor, to begin to, to look for an opportunity to share with them the gospel that Jesus died for them so that they could have eternal life. God, God is calling you. Will you trust him? The point is, God didn't just call Abraham, he's calling us. But maybe you've never felt the call. I think if we've never felt any call, we're probably not listening too hard. So listen now. If you honestly would say, I've never felt any call from God, ask him this today. God, what are you calling me to? I almost guarantee he's going to lead you somewhere. God, what are you calling me to? I've never, as a father, had my kids say, Dad, what do you want me to do? And be like, I don't care. You figure it out on your own. If I see my son or daughter truly saying, what what do you want me to do? What what, what do you think is good today? I'm going to give them some advice. I'm going to give them some guidance. So I challenge you. Say, God, what are you calling me to? And from my experience, one thing that's almost always connected to what he calls me to is to bless others in some way. I tell you this, he doesn't call me to say, Tyson, you just be comfortable today. You just just take care of yourself. That's what you need to do. But God calls us to be a blessing to someone else. There's There's no coincidence that our mission is this here at Greenville First Christian Church. Love God, love people, and serve all. We have been blessed to be a blessing. You might say, well, how do you start? You can start in really simple ways. 
Uh, There's all kinds of opportunity around. If you miss the food packing event yesterday, don't miss the next one. You know, we'll do two shifts if we need to. We'll send, we'll send 120,000 meals somewhere. If you miss that uh, chance to be a blessing to someone else, don't miss the next time. But there's something all around. As you go out to church today, there are two Christmas trees over here and one Christmas tree over here, and there's all kinds of blessings around them that you can help other people with to be a blessing to them. The first one is this. There's no Christmas tree for this, just boxes. But every year, this church partners with the Ministerial Alliance in Bond County, and we provide food baskets for people that are hungry around Christmas time. The church has already dedicated all the, the resources for the meat for these baskets through your generosity. It's done. By the way, we, it's really hard to have people drop off meat through the day, so that's, we're, not, we're, not, we're just going to buy it. But what we can have you drop off is peanut butter and jelly. We need 200 jars of peanut butter and jelly in plastic containers in the next like two weeks. And you're going to do it well. There's probably already 100 out there already. Let's, let's bring it in and overflow it, and we'll tell you when to stop, and we'll give the extra to the food pantry. But, but would you help us in that? I know you will. Another way you can be a blessing to others is take a, 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 an angel off the Toys for Joy tree. This is a, a tree that represents children in our county that it will not have a Christmas because often their parents aren't around. That's where that comes from. And we've identified these children, and you take one of those angels, and it'll give you directions on what toy to buy, and bring that toy back to church, and we'll get that to the Toys for Joy uh, um, just drive. And you can see some of the information there. They've got to be done by November 27th. There's also an opportunity to, to help the children that go to the Simple Room. What a great ministry within our county the simple room is also identified kids that come to the simple room that need resources and in the years past uh, because we've had a lot of other things going we we've maybe only taken 20 of these children um, on and and you've taken those this year i think we're doing like 75 and i trust that we're going to meet all those needs of kids from the simple room to get their gifts you can see those gifts need to come in by the 7th And there's also opportunities to help the children at Restore Network. That's the foster care program uh, through Southern Illinois and Bond County. And you can see how you can do that. All of that information is in the foyer. Last year, we had all those things covered within two weeks. I feel like this year it may be taken care of just in seven days. And we'll look for other opportunities we can do to be a blessing to others. But if you're like God... What are you calling me to? And you're like, I didn't hear anything. You just heard me give four things that God's calling you to be a blessing to someone else. If you really want to know, he's sharing with you opportunities. But what's interesting, he called him to not be comfortable, but to trust him. But before Abram is seen whether he's going to or not, God says this, I plan to bless you. This may seem redundant at this moment. But God did not say, I'll bless you, Abram, if you do X, Y, and Z, and you do this, and you get all of your ducks in a row, then I'll bless you. God says, hey, Abram, here's your call, and here's your blessing. God is saying a very similar thing to you today. If you trust Jesus, you will be blessed. As you put your life in his hands, you will be blessed. God told Abram, there's three main blessings you see in the text. Look back to chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will give you a, make a great name. And he says, I'm also going to be in a great relationship with you. Let's look at these. The first thing God says, I'm going to make you a great nation. Literally, physically, God multiplied the Israelite nation from Abram to millions of people. 
Even at age 75, when he had no children, he says, I'm going to make a great, great nation that comes after you. So he had a son named Isaac, and then he had a son, and, and man, it began to explode. Millions of offspring came, and they had a great nation. They conquered many great things. But really what made that nation great was not the number of people, but it was the person who came in that lineage, Jesus Christ. And out of that great nation that brought forth Jesus, the Messiah, a greater nation has been born, the body of Christ. Romans 11 explains this to us, and this gets a little complicated. The nation of Israel still exists, and I believe, this is kind of my own opinion, we need to continue to be allies with the nation of Israel as a political entity. But out of the nation of Israel through Abraham, we have become the nation of God through the church. And so look, at this is what this scripture is explaining. This great nation is not political, it is, it's biblical, it's, it's spiritual that flowed from Abraham to Jesus, now to us as God's sons and daughters. Look what it says. But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel have been broken off. These people that have rejected Christ, they're... They may be still from the nation of Israel politically, but if they're not following Christ, then, then they've been broken off in some ways. And you Gentiles, who are branches from the wild olive tree, have been grafted in. He said, you've been brought into the nation of Israel through Abram and Jesus, so that you'll also receive God's blessing that has promised Abraham and his children, sharing in this rich nourishment from the root of God's special olive tree. But you must not brag about being grafted into place and to replace the branches that were broken off. You are just a branch, not the root. Our root is Jesus Christ. And we as a church in Greenville, Illinois, Bond County, uh, Illinois, America in general, we have been grafted into this tree because of Christ. Let us not brag and think we're greater than the original tree. We have only been grafted in through Christ. We, we are not greater. The greatest thing that will ever uh, live on earth is not a nation of Israel or the United States. It is the church, God's bride, Christ's bride. That is the greatest uh, membership we can ever be involved in. Now, is the nation of Israel still to be unified with? I believe so. Is the United States of America as a republic amazing? Absolutely. But let's not mix up politics with spirituality. We have been grafted into the Israelite nation through Jesus. He's a root. At a distant second, we have also been blessed to be a blessing in the United States of America. Who is ready to be done with the political ads? I don't watch much TV, but I was watching the World Series last night. Every ad during the World Series that I watched was a political ad. I understand about maybe 80% of it. I think we need to be very aware. This is what you're going to hear is not a political ad. While we live in an amazing republic in the United States of America, we have been blessed in this place we live, and we also are blessed to be a blessing. And I think we have an opportunity and a responsibility to exercise our blessing to make sure we have leadership that is godly and holy, dedicated to be a blessing for years to come. So what that leads us is a responsibility and opportunity to evaluate what's being voted on in our candidates and use biblical truth to push forward the candidate that's going to live and bless God's kingdom the best. So what that means is you need to do some research 
and evaluate candidates and things that anything you'd vote on and say, how does God's truth apply to this voting opportunity? And do not vote based on your feelings or what your friend tells you. I encourage you to get out and vote Tuesday and vote on values that come from the kingdom of God. Here's my concern. If we ignore that responsibility and this opportunity, our nation is ceasing going to be great because our nation, the United States of America, someday will fall, but the nation of God will stand forever. And as long as we live here, we've been blessed to be a blessing in this, and our nation has blessed so many. As I was packing food yesterday to send to Ukraine, it dawned on me if we don't stand up for godly principles and holy living and leaders to uphold godly biblical values, we will soon be a nation where we'll have to pack food to feed people in our own county, in our own neighborhood. Our world is going awry. We have a great opportunity and responsibility to continue to put ourselves in a position to bless others, but we have to stand up for godly principles. So here's just two things to consider as you vote Tuesday. What do candidates say about protecting life, the unborn life? And choose wisely based on what God's Word says. What, what, does, what do candidates uh, think or feel uh, about upholding the sanctity of marriage between a man and a woman? And, and evaluate on, on just maybe two principles like that and your guidance of, of a godly a candidate versus someone who's just in for themselves will rise to the top and ask God for wisdom as you do that. Because we have been asked to, to be a blessing as we've been blessed. You're also, at some point, going to be given not only a great nation, a great name. Abram's name was changed to Abraham. He's also known as Father Abraham. He's also known in James 2 as a friend. Look at this. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abram, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. What a, what a great name to receive. A friend of God. I don't know if you're like me, I think it's pretty natural to have a desire for your name to be honored and valued. Maybe not your first name, but at least your last. I remember uh, my dad would say to us often and my mom, hey, boys, whatever you do, make sure you protect the name that you have. And they were talking both about the name Graber and as a son of the living God. And so when we'd go out into our lives in the community, they would say, hey, you need to protect and honor the name. And we knew what they were talking about. In much the same way, we're to do the same thing. There is this natural desire, no matter, no matter really how you're raised, to have your name valued and honored. You can see it as you go to like national parks. People will like inscribe or carve their name into trees or stones like, hey, I was here. Here's also a picture of a restaurant. Um, it's, uh, I think, Geno's East up in Chicago. I don't know if you've ever had Geno's East Pizza. You write your name on the wall. I mean, the place is a mess. Everybody's so, I'm, I've been there, you know? I also look for a, a picture of people writing their names on the bathroom. I couldn't find one clean enough to show, okay? <laughs> but people, you know, people want to put their names on stuff. I can remember this whenever I was uh, growing up in southern Indiana going to Bible camp, uh, church camp, and I went to Camp Leanna. And we had these open rafters. We had like this cabin where there weren't even screens on the windows. Everything was open. The, the rafters were open. And uh, we would climb up uh, on the top bunks and we would carve our names into the trusses or the rafters. You know, there's still a place in a, in a rafter in southern Indiana where you can see Tyson Graber was here in 1983. You know, that was my first time I put my name 
But everybody did. It was, it was like uh, placing your mark on the world. And God tells Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. I'm, I'm going to let people talk about you for years to come because I'm going to make you a blessing so you'll be a blessing to everyone. Guys, we're still talking about in 2022, until Christ returns, this truth about Abraham will exist. And God wants your name to be great as well. He wants to change your name from a sinner to someone who's been saved by grace and a son and daughter of God. He wants to change you to a brother or sister to Christ. Look what it says in Revelation chapter 2. I love this. This is a, a kind of a strange passage. I don't fully understand, but hear these words. Jesus says, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So it's to you. To the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. I'm going to sustain you. It's another way to say, I'm going to bless you. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. There's this re reality that I can't quite understand here, that there will be a day where God is going to give us new names. And what's interesting, we're the only ones that are going to truly understand that what that name means. It makes me think, and this is just a theory, it's kind of like uh, Joseph in the book of Acts. They changed his name to Barnabas. And Barnabas meant encouragement. And the reason they called him uh, Barnabas and the encourager because he was such an encouraging person. And, and I think maybe this way it would be. The new name that you receive in heaven may be directly connected to your godly uh, lifestyle, whatever you live. Maybe you'll be an encourager. Maybe you'll be a servant, maybe a, a person of humility. He may give you the name that says you're, you're a person of generosity or a person of wisdom, a person of grace, a person that blessed others. So let me ask you this. If God's going to change your name at some point, more than just even being a son or daughter, what, what name would he give you? Would it be an encourager? Would it be a servant? Would it be wisdom would it be a person of blessing to others would it be uh, something of great value or are you being a blessing to anyone but god says hey i've got a new name for you a name of great value there's one more thing here in this story he says i will be a great father it doesn't really say that directly but it says this and i, I get this out of this text it says i'll bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you i will curse He's saying, I'm going to do what a father does. Reading between the lines, he says, I'm going to be your dad. And when somebody gives you a hard time, I'm going to be there to have your back. And when somebody blesses you, I'm going to encourage them and bless them more. But if someone comes against you, they've got to deal with me. Isn't that good news? And you're going through a hard time. You know God is right there beside you on your back and in front of you saying, I've got you as my child. He says, if someone bless you, I'm going to bless them. If someone disowns you or dishonors you, I will curse them. If you're a parent, you know what this is like, or a grandparent especially. You'll understand this if you have children, grandchildren. You understand this even if you're a leader of the church, I think. But if someone comes, across, comes against your child, the person under your care, they're going to have to deal with you. That's what God's saying. I, I'm going I'm to be your dad. If you ever want to know what this looks like, but you're not a parent, go to a football game on Friday night. And wait till someone takes a cheap shot on one of the kids on the floor and then look at which mom stands up the fastest to run out there and rip the helmet off the opposing team and talk to that kid, okay? Mama bear's going to come out. God's saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you. Or, or go to a basketball game, boys or girls, this winter. And when the cheap foul comes on a layup, 
looks which, which people stand up in the crowd, it, sure, some fans will, but the person that's most intimately connected to that, to, to defend that child, is going to be the parent. That's what God's saying. I'm going to take care of this as the father. If you want to even know more intense what this looks like, look at a dad's reaction the moment a boy disrespects his daughter. Serious business. I have to admit, after seeing girls in youth ministry over the years be mistreated by boys and coming to talk to Tiffany about how they were mistreated or dishonored or hurt or abused, man, my, my blood boils when that happens. And now with a nine-year-old little girl named Daly, I've looked into the law uh, about how much I could get away with if a boy ever disrespected my daughter. God is saying, I'm your dad, I've got your back. Isn't that good news? Dad is coming after our enemies, and he says, I've got this. And I say this with the most respect I can. What God is saying here is the most holy thing possible. It's not crazy. It's not criminal. He says, I'm your dad. We're a child of Christ. We're his brother, his sister, and that's amazing news. So how did Abram respond? How should you respond? Look what it says. I've got to go quick here. Genesis 12. So Abraham, or Abram at this time, went as the Lord told him. He obeyed. So we need to be faithful and obey in the blessing. Look what it says in Hebrews 11. By faith, Abraham, by this point, obeyed. And you read this text. He looked forward to what God was doing. I want you guys to obey and say, I'm looking forward to what God is doing no matter what happens. What an amazing example that Abraham went to this foreign land and says, I'm going to obey. And you may be thinking, but, but I can never be like Abraham. I'm going to fail. Boy, I failed. If you think you're going to fail, you're like me. And you're actually like Abraham. Notice the order here. God says, I'm going to call you. I will bless you. And I want you to be faithful. But Abraham wasn't always faithful. And our temptation is to think, well, as soon as we're not faithful, God is going to take away the blessing. But is that what he does? No, he's gracious, he's merciful, he's loving. In, in Genesis chapter 12, starting with verse 10, I want you to read this today. A famine breaks out in the land. And Abraham knows he's going to be blessed, but he says, man, I can't trust this. i got to go somewhere to get food for my family. So he goes to Egypt and he talks to Pharaoh. It's pretty cool, he gets talking to Pharaoh. Pharaoh notices his wife Sarah is beautiful. He's, he, Abraham can kind of see that Pharaoh would really like Sarah to be in his house. Abraham lies, and he says, hey, this is just my sister. She, if you want her, you can have her. Pharaoh takes Abraham's wife as his own, really, in his household. They begin to have a relationship, and then curses come on Pharaoh. God does right, right from the beginning. If we're mistreated, God says, I'm going to mess up their life. I'm going to cause havoc. Pharaoh's like, you're not really Abraham's sister. You're his wife. He says, you need to leave. They go back to the promised land. Things aren't fixed, but God's promise is not broken. God says, I'm going to bless you. And even though Abraham messed up major, God's mercy and his grace showed through, and the blessing of Jesus continued to come. So what do you do if you've made a mess of things like Abraham? Know that the blessing is still there in Christ. Run back to where God has called you. Some of you just need to return back to the blessing he's called you. Come back to the feet of Jesus. Because God is saying, Trust me. In the middle of your mess, in the middle of the good times, trust me. I've called you. I want to I bless you. Be faithful. Trust me. I am for you. 
It may not feel that way right now. You may feel like hopeless, but God is screaming through me, I am for you. Life is good. I want to change your name. I want you in my family. I want to bless you so you can be a blessing. Would you stand and sing because this song's going to rock you. Stand up and we're going to, we're going to declare today that God is changing us. He's changing our name. He's changing our lives so that we can be a blessing and point others to him. Father in heaven, I pray that it has been a clear message that you are for us, you're not against us, that you want to change us. You not only change our names, you change our hearts. You change us from sinners to saints, saved by grace. Father, empower us to be a blessing to others. Lord, if someone here today and they've never heard this reality that they, you bless them through Jesus, I pray that we can talk to them more today. Lord, many of us here today knew this, but we've forgotten. Lord, let us sing with conviction today about the blessings we've received through Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.